Hey, Cecil, thank you very much for joining us on the Surf Office podcast. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Great. So could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what it is you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am 24 years old. Uh, I live in Berlin and uh, I founded Startup Guide in 2014, uh, which now is Startup Everywhere, which I, which I have my partner, Thomas, who is based in Copenhagen. Um, I am kind of, say, like an entrepreneur by heart since uh, I was really, really young. Uh, I never really played by the rules, uh, never really fit into the frames. And um, I, I think around when I was around 17 or 18, I realized that uh, building my own stuff was the way for me to go. Um, so I started my first company when I was 17 years old and kind of have not been stopping doing it since then. Um, so yeah, and then luckily today I, I run a company which help entrepreneurs as well. So it's a it's a win-win situation. That sounds awesome. So you've just been creating and innovating since a young age. Yeah, I think I think I have always had the really urge to to create and build things and kind of change try to change the status quo uh, a bit. So it has been everything from you know. I built uh, a music stage in my local town, uh, helped a bar building a, uh, I helped a friend building a bar. Um, I worked with uh, mobile applications. Now I am into the publishing business, uh, have had a consultancy. So it's basically just been, you know, everyday hustling to trying to have the freedom to, to do what you really like to do and are passionate about and, um, and be trying to, you know, create a sustainable lifestyle. Uh, that contains a life where you can, where you can basically do and live from from what you're you're most passionate about. So, how has all of this led into your current project, Startup Guides? So, Startup Guide is basically what we used to call, and the the, the synergies it makes more sense when you say it's the lonely planet for entrepreneurs. Um, it came it came as an idea from kind of after I, I failed with my first business um, when I was 20. And I was like, it was like my first real business where I throw in some uh, some grant myself and, and we start building an app that was supposed to be for restaurants and cafes to uh, order food and pay right away at the table. And we built the product and everything worked super fine. And then uh, in the end of the day, our B2B customers, the bars and the cafes, they actually didn't want to work with us. And then uh, it was kind of, you know, uh, a knock in the head saying like, you know, we haven't done our homework enough. We didn't ask all the, all the stakeholders in the project and so on. Um, and I kind of, after that experience, I lost a lot of money. And I, after I moved to Berlin, I, I had the question of how could I have, you know, got this information, got this knowledge if uh, it was not from, you know, any university because I was never really the, the academia type. So I was like, if I don't want to go to university and I want to start a business, where can I get this information from? Like, and where can I get the trusted information and the curated information? And then I moved to Berlin uh, in 2012 and was the time where the little boom was when there was like um, tons, of, uh, tons of companies and startups starting up here. And many people came with the same urge to start a business or work for a startup. And many of these people had some of the same questions, but there was also another question. It's like, okay, how do we then start a business in the city? Because one thing is that mainly everybody speaks English, but 
when it comes to the German language, the bureaucracy, the German culture, it's way different from even from Denmark. There is like half an hour by plane. So it was like the, the main question of where can I get the information from if it's not from an academia uh, path? And the second was how do you then start up a business up in Berlin? And I think these two questions merged over two years in my head and it pumped out to be the product that we now have today, which is a book, uh, the Startup Guide is the entrepreneurial handbook for each city. And our vision is to be in all the cities in the world that needs one to be able to inspire and urge a new generation of entrepreneurs and freelancers to work on their own projects, businesses and startups. It's a great idea. I know it can be difficult when you're looking to start your own business, so I'm sure this is a great help for many. Do you find it hard conducting the research for each new city, and how do you go about doing this? Um, we partner up with local people. So we really we really believe that to make a, a trustworthy guidebook, you have to ask the best, and that's the locals. That's the people that have worked there for many years. They understand the culture and the, and the behaviours and... and, and uh, and the trends in the city. So we basically partner up with a local community partner to help us uh, conduct the research and uh, curate the, uh, the startups and the founders and the different spaces and all the different resources there is in the city. And then we basically take it from there. We have a full production line, the, uh, do the interviews, we hire local and, uh, journalists and photographers and, and then we have uh, a production team in Berlin sitting and and editing and designing and visualizing the book uh, and we also print in Berlin and then we distribute from there. We have around 300 retailers worldwide today so we get the books good around when they are then done. Uh, especially the research for the cities that we then choose is, is very much uh, we look very much into two different factors of, uh, is it an upcoming city? Is it a city where there is a lot of entrepreneurs coming and there is like a lot of people interested uh, in starting a business there? Like we have been doing everything from London as a big uh, tech capital till uh, a little city in Norway called Trondheim, which is basically, you know, a nowhere, no man city. But like we realized after getting some uh, some traction from there that it is like, a huge entrepreneurial uh, 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 hotspot where they have like one of the best universities in Europe for technology uh, and and tons of startups have actually been created from there. They have moved since then, but they were made there. And it's I think this is uh, this is so interesting that we now have the opportunity to really uh, go down in each city where the real innovation is actually happening because uh, we don't believe that it's happening in all the big capitals anymore. This is just where the money is and where people go to get the funding. But the real innovation, the real ideas that is growing is growing from you know, all the small cities around, uh, around the world. Okay, so where do you see the next biggest startup city being? It's hard to say growing startup city. Like I think, I think Lisbon have been one of the interesting cases to follow over the last couple of years. Um, especially after the crisis, how they kind of, you know, turned the ship around where they said like, okay, um, the status quo is shit. <laughs> so <laughs> there is like either people could go out and they could work for, for, for one or two euros an hour or they, with, a, with a PhD or they could start their own business. And, uh, and they kind of, you know, created this culture of entrepreneurship that is not common for the country. Uh, so, and that some, somehow it actually created a lot of um, 
that was a good frame for entrepreneurs to to thrive and, and start. So I think Lisbon is one of the interesting cases. Um, but of course, they also now have to mature and show that 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 uh, there is more in it than just the the early the early start and and that Web Summit came to the city and so on. Um, I think it's I think right now Europe is interesting because people have always said that you know US uh, is where it's happening in terms of startups and I think Europe right now is showing that the innovation and the, the companies that comes from here they are so different and they are so challenging in so many ways uh, challenging both with clean tech and health tech and all these uh, really really important industries there is. Um, so I, I would rather say, like, that's also why I'm so happy about the job we have, that if you look into Europe right now, uh, everything from Barcelona to Amsterdam and Zurich and even uh, Vienna that are not mainly known for being like an entrepreneurial city, there's building, there are so many interesting startups happening everywhere. So um, so I would say Europe <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think like you said, um, you know, people are realizing that they don't have to go to London or San Francisco anymore to join a startup or start their own. Um, you know, there are mm -hmm. a lot of smaller cities and, and countries as well where there's a big growing scene. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an interesting movement to follow. Yeah. Uh, it must be interesting for you kind of researching that as well. Exactly. And I think what is super interesting is basically that... Um, we believe that today you can start up everywhere and we also believe that, you know, you can work from everywhere, which makes it really, really nice to be an entrepreneur today because you can actually stay in your local uh, local city uh, and, you know, build your company with a, with a world international team from everywhere. So I think that's also one of the advantages of that. We sit in Berlin and Copenhagen, but I was just in Portugal for two weeks where I also work from the countryside in middle of nowhere, uh, which I was able to do. Yeah, it is a great lifestyle, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it, it is. <laughs> so how do you find it working in a distributed company? It's, um, it's, an, interesting, uh, it's an interesting industry. Um, I think um, what have been kind of some of the best things about working in this, uh, this company and, and building this product have been that we're creating something physical. Um, a lot of people said to me when we started the project that said like, it's a great idea, but don't do it in a book. Um, there is a need for it, but don't do it in a book. And I was always really firm on that it should be in a book because first of all, I'm, I'm a big fan of books, but on the other hand, there is something about building a physical product, something you can see, you can smell, you can feel, uh, something you can give away. Um, and I think that's, I have and are always a big, big part of the of the creative and designing process because in the end of the day this is what people see and what people hear uh it's which is the content and the design so it's 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 so super important that that everything is high quality so i think that's that's one of the best thing about working in this uh company it is that we're creating something physical still in 2017 yeah i mean i think there's nothing wrong with that i know kind of books have moved online a bit more now but I mean, even Amazon are opening a, a physical bookstore again next month. So yeah. there is still a big demand for physical copy. People like something to hold on to, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, as you said, and, uh, Amazon is just, an, and basically since um, 
since 2014, the, 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 the books, the hard copy books have just been increasing the numbers of sales and actually the ebooks have been decreasing. So everything what people said uh, was uh, that, you know, the book is dead and everybody's going to be electronic from now on. It's not totally true. Like I definitely think, you know, that there will not be sold as many books uh, as there ever have been done before. But I, I think that it's still, a, still something that is valued uh, a lot from the market. And I think more and more people, they then prioritize to buy high quality content and products instead of, you know, buying a newspaper. Then they would rather read that online and then say, okay, then I want a really high quality designed and conducted book instead. Um, Because it is a different, it is a different experience, no matter what, what you say. And I also think I talked with a friend about that yesterday. There's also something when people have make the F, take the effort to print something, and really, you know, make a book, then it's uh, then it's a little bit more, you know, respected from my side. Like I know that I have been put so many hours into it. So, you know, we don't print uh, we don't print things in the book that you know haven't been read through millions of times and haven't been researched and haven't been you know talked over again and again because you know we only have one shot with it. If you just you know put something online, you can always change it. So it's like it's it's also a little bit about the respect about the the work you actually do, um, and that's why I still buy books because I know that there have been, a, been put, people have put in a lot of effort into actually making it. Yeah, sure, I respect that, and I also respect that you know a lot of people told you to not do it in a book, and you kind of went against the grain and did it anyway. Was that quite challenging at first, mm-hmm. going against everyone's advice? <laughs> yeah, I always think it's challenging to go to go you know against the waters but on the other hand it's also when you know when it's most most fun at some points when you actually succeed with it um and for me it was it was um when we printed the first book we basically bootstrapped the whole project for less than 15k so it was really like you know it was as it was dream come true was a project i didn't actually believe at that time that we were going to have a sustainable business three years after but it was like something that I have wanted to do for so long. And especially, I think, when you then create a physical product and you have this feeling of, you know, it's a, it's, it's a statement, it's a, it's, it's a huge thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that um, it was good that we did it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. And obviously, you know, you're a successful company because, like you said, you're, you're still around. Um, but, you know, what, what's the kind of feedback you get from the people that read these books have you had any sort of big success stories from from new startups or anything like that yeah i think what is the most interesting thing is when people write us and say you know thank you so much for this it encouraged me to to start my own business uh, or take the next step to you know found a company or uh, actually really go for it i think a lot of the a lot of this the stories and the feedback we get is from individual that has standing on the urge to actually do it or not do it. And I think that's the unique thing about our book is that we can create this, um, you know, really close relations to the reader and the people who is written about, because it's basically people like everybody else, it's not Steve Jobs, not Mark Zuckerberg, it's not one of these, you know, big hot, hot shots that is so far away from your reality. It's like people from your own city uh, that have just built a company. Uh, and I think that can be the trigger point where you can see, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, it's not the same to say, okay, if the person who built Microsoft, 
he's he's way far more far away from your reality than you are from you know the person who sits next to you in the co-working space for example um so i think that's the success this is when people actually have got the inspiration and the urge from the book to start their own businesses afterwards so looking ahead where else do you plan to write guides for in the future so right now we're working on paris and amsterdam um and zurich and helsinki um, but we're also working on cities as Moscow uh, in Russia. We're working on New York. We're working on Montreal. We're working on Singapore. Um, but it's more like the, the projects outside of Europe is, is taking a bit more time. It's a bit more effort to to figuring out what the strategy there is. Like the, the, the plan for next year is we want to be in 25 cities where 20 of them will be in Europe. And we want to test uh, three to five new markets within the next um, year to a half. And then if it everything goes well, we will expand to one or two, three markets uh, in 2018. Uh, and I think it's really important that, you know, that you are in the same time zone when you're doing these uh, really, really fast paced production as we're doing, we're producing a book in three months. Uh, so there's a lot of communication between the local team, the headquarter team. Um, so that's why we are testing, you know, from a longer distance, how are these things working? And hopefully in 2018, uh, we'll be able to to set up some offices in the different uh, in different new uh, different new markets. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the future guides that you bring out. Uh, has constructing these guides given you an absolute favorite city to work from? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a hard question. Um, I would I would say like uh, I'm born in Denmark. I live most of my time in Berlin. Um, even if last year I had 200 travel traveling days um but one of my favorite places uh to be is definitely portugal um my partner is from there and it's it's a it's a special place where we go when um you know you want to um you want to reflect and and work differently i think when i'm in berlin and copenhagen and all other places i'm always you know on meetings and I have tons of meetings during a whole day and it's always, you know, like quick pace. And when I'm there, I'm more in a re- reflective work mode and, and more like uh, trying to see things more from the helicopter and, and trying to go down and pace, you know, where you have a long lunch and, and uh, wine to lunch and you get a little bit tired afterwards. And, and it's okay because that's, that's the pace there. So when I would say like, maybe not my favorite place to work but my favorite place to be uh because i'm always working <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh it's maybe my favorite place to, to be and to be you know a little bit reflective about what you do there's places where you can go and you can you know work non-stop and there are places where you can go and you can work in your head but like be more relaxed and that's definitely portugal and lisbon i'm a big 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 fan of lisbon oh awesome so obviously your favorite place to work from in lisbon is surf office right yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. You have to say that, but there you go. Um, no, no, no. Like I, I just were there, so uh, every time I'm there and I have to, uh, I have to work. I go to Peter uh, Peter's place in, uh, in Lisbon. Cool, nice one. Um, and then final question is: Have you got any other cool projects in the works aside from startup guides? Yeah, like I'm always trying to, you know to work on different different things not only you know you have your company and your company takes up a, a huge amount of time which it should but i think it's important to have other things to do as well and maybe it's not directly projects but like 
um, I definitely, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to educate myself. So I never really got a education and, and there's definitely sometimes doing my way as, uh, as a business person and as a leader and as a CEO where I have the, you know, really feel like, fuck, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm lacking some information here. How do, how do I get that? Um, and I'm very much the type of learning by doing, but I think I, I, some of the other projects is basically to trying to educate myself into the different fields, try to learn from from the different people that have been through some of the same processes. Uh, so I try to read a lot, try to see a lot of videos. Um, I try to meet interesting people and and try to take take my time to to sit and and ask a lot of questions and listen about that. And then uh, another project I have is also to uh, to build something in in Portugal uh, at some point for entrepreneurs. Um, not a not a hostel or like like surf office, but a place especially where you can go to to have these reflections. Because I think in a in a business life, um, you don't have the time to to always reflect about your decisions and just you know your, your choices in life, both privately and 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 career wise. And I think uh, that you know it's not always the the question to just go on a vacation. It's. I think that you have to build some frames around, you know, that this reflection can happen. This is a, a little project that I'm playing around with. How can you create a place? And I have an idea about that it should be in Portugal, <laughs> where you could, uh, where you could actually enable people to have these uh, have these moments of uh, of reflection about, you know, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Those big questions in life, right? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. That's great, Cecil. Exactly. Thank you very much. Um, it was great to have you on the show. Um, and we look forward yep. to seeing where else you take startup guides. Yeah, I will be looking forward as well. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much.